Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Random. Egberto is your host. Thank you so kindly for being a part of the show. We are going to have a great show for you today. How are my peeps doing? Welcome aboard. Welcome aboard. Let's get to the business of saying hello to my peeps. Eric Hayes is in the house. Paul Fleming from Atlanta, Georgia. Eric Hayes from Kingwood. Jay Ray from Houston, Third Ward. And Paul Fleming again. Atlanta, Alistair Waters from Conroe, Texas, Lee Grant from Montgomery County, Texas. We have E2247 from A Great Place. We have uh, Bridge MCP from Upstate New York, AVQ from Brooklyn, New York. We are having fun all over the country. Did I miss anybody? Did I miss anybody? Let me keep on looking. Let me keep on looking. If I missed you, Drop a line in there again. Hello, Jay Ray from E2247. Jay Ray. Hey, Ray, I hope you're feeling a lot better. Or I hope you're improving. I hope you're getting better because, you know, we want our folks healthy. All right. Paul Flevin says police resistance and politics undercut the authority of prosecutors trying to reform the justice system after a major American city uh, cities began electing prosecutors who campaigned on the promise of systemic reform. Law enforcement unions labeled these DAs as soft on crime, while lawmakers made legal and legislative efforts to remove them from office. That's a darn shame. But that's what's been happening all over the country. As we look at the, 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 the uh, DA in, in in uh, Philadelphia, we have one in uh, Houston right now, Harris County, that uh, might as well call herself a, a a a Republican who just want to lock up the dispossessed. But what can I say? Paul Fleming says Supreme Court justices will hear whether South Carolina illegally used race to uh, redraw district lines for the House seat to benefit Republicans. The district was reworked in 2020 to uh, benefit the GOP and current incumbent representative, Nancy Mace. Yep, well, we know that's what they do. But you know the truth of the matter, when it comes to redistricting, we do it as well. So, I mean, uh, Democrats do it as well as Republicans when it comes to gerrymandering. Now, the kind of gerrymandering that Republicans do, though, is pretty darn bad comparatively. We don't try to take make a 50-50 state uh, uh, 2080. We don't do that. But they do. Look at what they've done to Ohio, Wisconsin, etc. And you'll see that their, their redistricting doesn't even try to play games. They just do it. They just do it. All right, let's see what else we got here. Who else uh, wrote me a note? Who else has uh, want me to say something? Let's see. Of course, E2247 says, hello, relatives. This will be the greatest ever. And yes, it will be. PDR is the best place to start. So let's do this before the dinosaurs. I think you mean before the dinosaurs come back, maybe? Yeah. Let's do it before the dinosaurs come back. Anyway, folks, we have a great show for you today. I don't have videos per se to show today, but we have a lot to talk about. Uh, there is a blog that I, uh, well, I tell you what, let's go ahead and talk about, um, let me bring up my, my little cheat sheet here. Let's go ahead and talk about vouchers for a bit. Because here in Texas, uh, oh, the wrong article, wrong article, wrong article. Let me go back to get my article here. It is... Uh, this one right here, Texas unveils priority and voucher bill. How did I screw that one up? That is not the article that should be linked there. Let me see if I did it on the other spot. I linked the same article twice. Well, let me go ahead and 
and scan for it. Uh, Google uh, is going to be my friend, Texas Tribune, and vouchers. And then I'll fix that later. All right. Uh, Texas Senate unveils uh, its priority school vouchers. I don't know about what, depending on the state that you're in. Welcome aboard, uh, Yvette Avery Herod. Welcome aboard, May Wood. Thank you for being here. School vouchers is a thing, right? Uh, schools get, th the way schools are generally funded is, well, in the case of Texas, through your property taxes, right? You pay property taxes and it goes into a fund. If you're in a property rich area, usually you can have great schools. If you're in a property poor area, it's not so good. If you're even in a property rich area within a property district, a lot of times those schools that have the better property values get better funding, et cetera. Now, it's that what, that's not enough for the people, right? It's not enough for those people that live in these nice areas. It, they, they want more. They don't want to. They don't want to have a disproportionate amount of their money is going to education. Albeit that, you know, I don't have anybody in uh, high school or middle school or elementary school right now, but I go ahead and I pay thousands of dollars every year in school taxes here for my home. I don't get any benefit out of that because, again, my kid went to school for uh, her twelve years here in Kingwood. She's done. She's been done for over since 2009. I'm still paying that very high school tax. Do I mind? No. Why? Hey, I'm a progressive. I believe in paying taxes to support everybody because there are likely things people pay taxes for that I may not be paying my fair share of taxes there. So that's one place. But what gets obscene is what they want to is what they're proposing here. I want to show, read you this piece of the article. It says Texas Senate unveils, and let me put it on screen so that you guys can see it. Uh, bear with me one second. It goes like this: Texas Senate unveils its priority school voucher bill, and it says the Texas Senate unveiled Monday its main bill to establish an education savings account program a priority for Greg Abbott this special session or third special session. Senate Bill 1, authored by Brandon Crichton, Republican of Conroe, right out where our good friend, uh, uh, <laughs> I, I, I know you don't want me to call, call you out, uh, uh, dear Alistair, but that's where you are in Conroe, your, your guy. You know, Brandon Crichton, Republican of Conroe, would allow families access to $8,000 of taxpayer money to pay for private schools and other educational expenses such as uniforms, textbooks, tutoring, or transportations, among other things, right? You see where we're going here. You see where we're going. Education, the next generation of Texans, is a fundamental responsibility, and it is my belief that empowering parents with school choice will encourage competition, innovation, and ensure that every student in Texas has the opportunity to find an educational path for their unique needs. Creighton said in a statement, let me first make a statement of fact. In the aggregate, charter schools, private schools, do not do better than public schools. If you want to fix our educational system, fix the failing public schools.
There are a lot of top-notch public schools. My daughter went to one here in Kingwood. They invested in these schools. In her same district, there are schools that are not doing that well because they don't invest in those schools. All right? So let's get this clear here. That's not true. I'll let you know what happens when you privatize schools in a minute, but let's proceed. Let's go ahead and proceed. The state controller's office would uh, establish and administer these uh, and administer these education savings account. The bill seeks to allocate $500 million from the general revenue fund for the next two years to pay for the program. The controller's office would also be in charge of preventing fraud and misuse of funds, a major area of concern for many lawmakers as well as proven an organization to help process applications and approve vendors and participate in private schools. Check this out, right? You got four kids. Every year, the government's going to give you $32,000. And what do you think private schools are going to do if they say, hey, the government going to give you $32,000? You enroll all four of those kids? We'll only take $25,000 for all four of those kids. And guess what? That extra money you can keep. You know, we don't, our bills are not as high as public schools because our teachers don't have to be certified. Our teachers don't have to have great degrees. We don't have to give our teachers health care. We don't have to pay our teachers a living wage. And some people who don't care about teachers will say, who the hell cares? They're teachers. We don't care about them, even though they're taking care of your most precious asset your kid. Oh, we don't care. But what they don't tell you is it goes deeper because it's not just that that teacher wouldn't have good health care. It's not that just that that teacher won't have a better salary because what happens is their salaries drop. What it means is you have, all, you have changed that economy. Example, let's look at a school area, the area where schools are. You have teachers, you have students, you have principals, janitors, everything else. In a private school, all that money goes towards the executives who run the school. They pay a little bit to the teachers, a little bit to the janitors, not the kind of pricing and support that somebody gets in public schools. If people, if businesses were smart, they would come out strongly against this policy. And let me explain a little bit further. Because what it means is that the businesses that surround that school, that teachers used to support because they'd go get their sandwiches, they go out there to dinner, they go out there to lunch. When they come into work on a Saturday, they're supporting those businesses because of the salaries that they have. That is gone now. They're making the lesser salaries that you get when you work for private schools. But it goes further. That private school doesn't invest in that, in all these other, in healthcare as it should. So therefore, the healthcare system suffers from losing these. So, I mean, we can go over and over and over again. That shows that giving vouchers to parents to supposedly pick private schools is nothing more than a transfer of my income, my taxes, your taxes, and especially mine, and for all those people who don't have kids in the, in the, in the uh, school system, 
It's a transfer of our tax dollars, our wealth, not to the good teachers. You know, I revere teachers, but to the people who run the schools, the private people who own stocks in those school, those private schools, the executives who run those schools, who will get big fat bonuses after this bill passes, if it passes. And that is why. And that is why. Okay, that is why we have that issue. Okay, Norm, Norman corrects me, and I accept that correction dearly because I used the wrong parlance. I just wanted to kind of make, drag your feet there. Norman says, hey, everyone, Egberto, correction, kids aren't assets or property of a parent. They are the future to humanidad, to humankind, to humanity. And you're right. Uh, you're right. Bad choice of words. Terrible choice of words. I stand corrected. And thank you. Are you. But you know what's so interesting, Norman? I have used that so many times without really giving it thought that I need to, if you catch me again, remember, remind, remember to correct me because you're absolutely right. I need to get out of that that framework, that way of thinking. You're absolutely right about that. Okay. All right. So it is important that we don't allow the voucherization of Texas schools or any schools or any schools in America, even though we, there are states that have already done it. Anyway, continue with the article. The state controller's office would establish and administer these uh, these accounts according to them but here's what what else he said creighton the senator who wants it says that the program will not siphon money away from public schools as the funding comes from general revenue not the foundation school program which is a main source of funding for k through 12. that is a lie let's 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 get this straight when it, the way schools are funded is they don't get a certain amount of money based on the population of their of of their uh, their neighborhood or whatever they get paid based on any student who goes to that school so the the, the senator is lying every student that gets $8000 to put into a a, a, a private school, a $8,000 voucher to put into a private school removes a kid from the public school and that public school gets that much less money because the state has given money. I don't care where the funds came from. They gave them money to go to that private school. So it's a big, bald face lie that your senator just told you. The bill does not require private school students to take a state-administered academic achievement test, something that school voucher critics in the Texas legislature have said an education savings account proposal should have to even consider. You see, as it turns out, how do you know if the school is doing well? They can pass the kids just to make sure that their records look good. And you may say, well, they won't do that. They don't want all their kids to, to uh, fail the SAT. No, they won't do that. They will do that, of course, because, you know, people from good schools also fail SATs. The bill includes a formula to prioritize entry to the program if there are more applicants than funds available. 
40% of open spots would go to students who receive free or reduced lunch, 30% of families who earn between 185% and 500% of the poverty line, 20% to those with disabilities, and 10% to those who attend public, private, or homeschool in the last school year. In other words, they're saying, okay, but if we run out of money, we're going to have a system to prioritize who gets in. Hmm. Look, it's either it's a good idea or it's a bad idea. I think it is clear that it's a bad idea and we should treat it that way. So folks, anybody, anybody, uh, everybody, I should say, not anybody, everybody should call their state legislator, should call their senator and tell them absolutely no to vouchers. Absolutely no to vouchers. If anybody want to call in, I actually want to test the phone system that I think I fixed last night. When Breach called yesterday, I couldn't get in. Give me a call. 281-823-7747. Again, the number is 281-823-7747. The filing of SB1 came hours after Crichton announced the bill too. A $5.2 billion school funding bill that would allocate most of the money the teacher raises and include a small funding increase to help schools pay their rising bills. It remains to be seen whether the funding bill can even move forward. The only education-related item in Abbott's agenda for the special session was education savings account, a school voucher program that would give families access to state funds to pay for their private school. The state constitution says... Lawmakers can only pass bills related to the governor's agenda and items during special sessions. The governor can at any time modify the agenda. Crichton said SB1 and SB2 work in tandem and show that lawmakers can provide more schooling options for Texas families while also adding public school funding. Uh, the, the, the public school funding is nothing but a ruse. In other words, I uh, will give the teachers a pittance. We'll get the, the voucher program. Once the voucher program is law, finito. It's all over. Hey, folks, give me a call. Let's test this stuff out. 281-823-7747. Who will be the brave one to make the first call? 281-823-7747. Uh, Just like we do. You know, KPFT in the mornings. Are you guys going to make my morning show beat you? On my show on KPFT, there we go. There we go. Thank you. All right. Can, please tell me you can hear me now. Here we go. I hear you. All right. Could you turn the radio down? I think you're about five seconds behind. Yep. All right. Anyway. Okay, hang, on, hang on. Let me get the. Okay. Great. Great. Who, who, who do I have the great honor of speaking to right now? This is Peggy. Peggy Lopez, how are you doing, Peggy? Talk to me. Well, yesterday you said something about, you know, if people having a hard time right now. And I think you were talking about Hamas and Israel. Yes. But I haven't been able to come on the show for a while uh -huh. because I've been having a hard time. What's I happening? Have, um, it's just... I'm in, you know, it's after 65 years of being in this, 
it has progressively gotten worse. More and more people are becoming aware of stuff that I have watched for 65 years. You know, I wasn't in at the beginning edge of it. That started in the 30s, and I knew people. I used to play pinochle with this old couple, and I think it was the 1928 um There was some big sports event happening in L.A., and she sort of snuck in in uh, shorts and a, sh and a shirt and took her coat off and ran around to protest some court action against some uh, people who were accused of being communists and yeah. because they were union organizers. And... Uh, so this battle that, uh, between the right and the left has is probably been since the inception of this country. It has, in my lifetime, gotten to the point now where if I really only listen to left-wing uh, programs, then the fascists have already won. And if I only li listen to right-wing stuff, I barely can even tolerate those stuff where the fascists are telling their story of how this country is supposed to move on. Fascism has always been a potential for us. Right now, we are in a position where fascism is not winning. It's just getting the biggest voice. And it's never gotten this loud of a voice before. And I think when I watched, I mean, I'm sort of all over the place because I'm really having a hard time. Um, you know, I think when I, I have to look back in my personal history Hello. to understand what's going on. <laughs> okay. And... Um, and I, what I watched in my family is I came out of an extremely dysfunctional family, almost like if you look at the United States government as a big dysfunctional group, which is what they are, uh, as people recognize that and pull out, you know, like as people have pulled out of the Republican Party because of the craziness in the party, uh, the rest of the family is what I watched when I pulled my craziness out of my family. The rest of the family started getting crazier because they had to carry that crazy load so that they would feel normal because that was normal for my family. And I, I think that that same thing is happening in the GOP right now, except that it's in a more power elite group than my little family. And in one hand, it's really scary. But on the other hand, as I, as more and more people carried a heavier load of the craziness, more and more people in my family said, ouch, and then they would go get help. And they would get the kind of healing that they needed so that they could move into a more peaceful, less dramatic, less traumatizing life. And I think that we're at a point and I'm saying this right now because I really need to hear this. I think we're at a point where even though I can't handle the amount of insanity I hear 
happening around me. I have to look at it as it might be a good thing that they're getting that crazy because the pain that they must be in to be able to do the stuff they're doing and talk the way they're talking, the level of fear that each of them are walking around in has got to hit them at some point and say, this hurts. I need to find help. And so it might be where collectively we're just finding help because what I watched at when the Black Lives Matter started is I can remember in the late 50s, early 60s, and into the 70s that each of the progressive ideologies had a racial or a sexual component. They were either black, Hispanic, white, male, female. It was not what I saw when I saw the Black Lives Matter come into its full fruition. What I saw when I saw that was everybody was there in one group. They weren't segregated off into their separate areas of whatever it was they were chasing for the progressive thought. in their Can life. I interrupt for a quick second, uh, uh, Peggy, because I want to give the hope. I, I want to give the hope here because you, you, you talked about some very, very important things here. Number one, you brought up BLM, Black Lives Matter, and what that movement looked like. The Black Lives Movement uh, was a movement that I mean the real the reason I loved it so much was that it was people of every class, people of every race, etc. And that scared a lot of people. That scared a lot right. of people because the phrase that I always use is I always use the phrase whenever we unite Appalachia the ghettos and the barrios. In other words, when we get all these people that think they're distinct societies have them really working together at the core when the folks in west virginia are working with the folks in atlanta or working with the folks in 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 uh in 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 the barrios i mean it scares people because again it's not the first time something like this has happened we had some rebellions back in the slavery days when they really had to start pushing out the the divides that we can put among us and right now the divide is make it be racial make it be sexual make or or make it be gender do all these things to divide right we are at that point now where we have to get into the game and not allow them to keep doing it obama was the first straw think about this uh, obama had a lot of people voting for him who otherwise would not have voted for him that was the first scare so we had to get a functional tea party that racialized what obama represented then uh, we had the police killings with their constancy in their racism killed and killed and killed and then got formed the BLM movement. And by the way, I interviewed the folks who started the Black Lives Movement, Patrice Collars, who now is under all kind of right. duress and others. Um, it wasn't only her, but it was also Garcia and a couple others. Um, they uh, they started this movement that grew on its own organically. In other words, it wasn't a centralized movement. It grew organically. And it also proved that people wanted to work together. It, it also showed that, hey, you know what? 
It's a much better team when we're all together. And that, again, scared people, the powers. So they created this friction again. And, and henceforth, we get Donald Trump. Here's the deal. Um, um, here, here's the deal. I want a, a lot of people just lose hope. And I have seen on the individual level that we shouldn't lose hope. On my morning show, I noticed you were there this morning, Peggy. Um, there are a couple of guys, I won't give the names right now because I don't want to out them. These guys started out as some very, very right wing, wanting to cuss me out kind of a guy on the radio. I'm not saying that they're 100% changed in, in, the, in the way they believe or in, in, in what they have, but I can tell you one thing. They keep listening, they keep calling, and also their tonality has changed. That, that tells me that's a start. You know, so I, I know how you feel. I've heard that a lot when I was out at the convention, the Netroots convention. I heard that a lot as well. But let me tell you something, sister. Uh, we are staying in the game and we will make sure that uh, that you you see the fruition of everything you've worked for for us because you're a bit older than some of us and you've really worked for us on in this activism game so stay in there okay sis okay and i have to tell you about um the black lives matter thing mm-hmm. when um I wish I wasn't so emotional right now. Oh, no, don't worry. Please take your time. Take your time. That's why I was listening to you at four o'clock this morning at my time. Mm -hmm. Um, When I saw the young women with with, uh, little things, megaphone things that they were Mm -hmm. sort of leading in that Black Lives Matter, I realized what a major change there had been altogether. I mean, it's not, and it didn't happen because somebody organized, we're going to go change this. It happened because everybody has been changing a little bit at a time. Every, I've seen so many, my kids are older than you. And their kids, are older than your kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so it's. I've seen like three or four, maybe up to five different generations going through the cultural changes that are changing us politically. I'm so glad I called because I feel that uh, rush of hope today that I haven't felt for a while. I uh, I have been watching it incrementally, and right now we are like on a precipice in our country, and and also around the whole entire globe right now. People are, um, you know, I I keep hearing the right wing use the word woke like it's a nasty thing. <laughs> I think and I find it funny. Yeah. It, it, an amazing thing the awakening just individually and then what i saw with black lives matter was i saw the awakening collectively Mm -hmm. when the police 
that old white left wing man down on the ground and left mm-hmm. him there, mm-hmm. I saw that it has worked. Yes. It's just that everything I'm hearing right now is carries with it a level of fear. And mm-hmm. and I'm picking up on that fear when there's really no need to be fearful right now. Exactly. Because right now is where the family sees that they can't continue on the way they've been and they all need to get help. And there's going to be a few, the ones that are really stuck to Trump. And I really think those people had to have extreme serious trauma at some point in their life and they can't move beyond it. And the uh, and another thing I, I understand completely and totally is people who were seriously abused as kids either grow up to be abusers or helpers. They don't do anything in a neutral way. So I think that those who have grown up to be the abusers on a mass scale are the ones that are following Trump. You know, um, I, I, I want to add. Sure. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I want to add one thing to that because. That yeah, it's not only those that are, that have been scarred, but uh, I, I can tell you what I've noticed with with um, with the uh, many people who are really diehard Trump followers is the psychological games that gets played, uh, w- the way they tie things like. Uh, uh, a, a man losing his uh, a, 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 a man losing his manhood or his birthright. There, there's a certain way you push put these things out that are very successful psychologically. And people have have done research on these types of things before. And the thing about it is, if you hear me talk a lot about always giving people a place to land. Give everybody a place to land because at some point in time, when something happens to them, their families, their relatives, something, you give them a place to land when they see that actually the solution is with what we've been talking about for a long time. And I've seen it. I've seen it over and over again. Peggy, anything else you want to say, Peggy, before we we continue? Nope. I want to say thank you for uh, letting me call and talk to you. I um. I think I'm going to be able to sleep tonight. I Look, thank you for calling in. And I tell you something else, Peggy, and all those that are listening. I love hearing your voice and I love having the conversation instead of me just talking. And I'd love to hear other people <laughs> call in as well. You know, I mean, look, I could I could talk forever. I'm, I have so much material. It hurts. But I love I prefer hearing you guys. man. Thank you so kindly for calling in, um, Peggy. Yeah, thank you for being there, Egberto. Absolutely, absolutely. Anyway, that was Peggy Lopez. Anybody else want to call, call on in. But suffice it to say that what we're talking about here on School Vouchers, the answer should be no. And again, the second answer should be no. I have another subject, Medicare Advantage, because this one, uh, I'm so, 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 so happy what happened? Because this one again came from somebody else. Uh, oh, wh- where is that coming from? Huh? 
Okay, let's go ahead and get rid of this. All right, Walters, come on in. Hey, Peggy got the ball rolling. Thank you, Peggy. I'm able to talk now. I'm home and not driving. So I just wanted to pipe in real quick. Okay, let me fix this. Something else went wrong. Something else went wrong, and I'm going to fix it right now. There we go. I fixed it. I fixed it. All right. Hey, it's working now. Yes. Talk to me, Alistair. Awesome. Okay. Well, first, thank you, Peggy, for getting the ball rolling. I'm home, and I wanted to make sure and talk one more thing about this school voucher BS. Mm-hmm. Parents have always had the choice with schools about what their children can and cannot learn. Mm-hmm. Um, that's part of what school board is for, as well as the state-level school board. So. This BS that they're trying to push about parents don't have a say. Hell, if you don't want your kid checking out a book, talk to the librarian. They have ways of stopping your child from checking out a book you don't want them to read. But don't take my child's right to read that book away. I Look, Alistair, I'm glad you said that because... And I I want to tie that into what Eric Hayes is saying, because he's right. Right. Eric says parents deserve to have the right. Yes, Eric. Parents deserve to have the right. They deserve to have the right to tell to have their kids not read particular books. They don't have the right to tell Alistair what uh, what books she is going to allow her kids to read. Okay, that's what we're talking about, Eric. Not about. Go ahead, Alistair. I have to say it's stay out of my house. <laughs> stay out it, of my family. Isn't it funny? Isn't it funny that the, the party that always talks about one family values, always talk about the sanctity of life and always talks about keep the government out of my business are the same ones yeah. who want to get into your bedroom, who wants to tell you what you can read. Who want to define what history is for you? And I mean, every, when we talk about the right wing being nothing more than projectors, right? Everything that they accuse you of, it's what they are actually doing, Alistair. And they're trying to cover it up by projecting. Exactly. Right. Exactly. I put in the chat earlier, New Orleans does not have a public school system. Right. Yeah, so. Uh, it's so bad. So how well is private school going for people? Not very not well. Saying. Not very well. Yeah. But, you know, Alistair, like, like I said, it's not even only the education thing. Because, you know, there are a lot of teachers that simply love teaching. And if they can't get a high-paying teaching job, they'll satisfy themselves with another teaching job. And that is what these plutocrats hope for, right? That there are going to be a lot of people willing to teach in these private schools. And not only that, because it's going to require less certification, because it's going to require less money. A lot of these teachers that acquired $56,000 to $70,000 in student loans, they will get people who, you know, went to a junior college and, and, and come and teach the kids. Not that a person who went to a junior college can't teach the kids. They can. Very much so. Right. But what I'm saying is 
they are going to lower the standards. When you have classes like calculus and differential equations and physics and chemistry that they teach in high schools, I'm sorry. You need another level of teaching. My daughter has limited options here in Conroe Mm -hmm. with dual credit as a junior and as a senior next year because of this, because they don't have the money to pay for teachers. Right. And thank you, Senator Crichton, you POS. I'm sorry. Exactly. No, you're, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right, Alistair. You're absolutely right. But you know what? Uh, hopefully we get that fixed. Now, uh, you know, w- when I went from one call to the next, something interesting happened on our system. I don't know what it was, but I, I want to see it happen. So okay. after we get after you go off, I hope somebody else will call so I can see if that same scenario occurs. But Alistair, anything else you want to say before we move on? No, we're good. We're good. And I hey, Lee, I stand with you. I also support not decapitating children. Absolutely. The, uh, and it, you know, uh, before you go, Alistair, before you go, I want to make this clear because yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying like crazy to stay off the Israel subject because it, it, you spend so much time on it. You don't get to work with the things that we really work with it. And in my case, what my thing is social justice, economic justice, racial justice, those things. I don't want to be worried about the, the Palestinian issue, but the problem about it is humanity. And what I try to tell folks is I completely disagree. I think what what Hamas did to those innocent Israelis was terrible, horrendous, bad. They did bad things. But here's what I Here's what gets me. When I hear ABC, CBS, NBC, MSNBC talk about an unprovoked act, in other words, they are saying, this is what they're saying. That's inaccurate. Hamas shouldn't be doing what they did to these innocent uh, uh, citizens. They didn't do anything to Hamas. All right. But here's the thing that I wish people would really look into. If if we if we sit here in Texas, right, and Mexico keep uh, put a fence completely around Texas and lob bombs into Texas and and tells and and provide electricity to Texas at will, provide water to Texas at will, decide when uh, oil is going to go into Texas and all of that, all those things is what the Israeli government. Who is trying to prevent a two-state solution? They have these guys in a open-air jail. What do you think comes out of enslaving people? Please tell me. What comes out of it? You know, I mean, it's... And and, and my thing, again, is like, we are smart enough beings... Not to allow them to throw us into a false uh, a false corner, and that is let's be smart. Let's be smart. We should we have a lot of power over Israel. We should be t- we should be telling Israel these people are human beings too. Not because you want the land that you say God ordained to you, they believe that land is ordained to them too. We have to work together. I gotta tell you. I got to tell you, brother, as yes. a girl that is of Jewish lineage, mm-hmm. what happened in it, what happened is absolutely despicable. 
Hamas should be held accountable. Yes. Hamas is not equal to Palestine. No. Hamas is not equal to Palestine. Not all are bad. And there have been, there's proof that the Palestinians and the Israelis can live side by side, coexist peacefully, yes. and have a simpatico relationship. Yeah. But it all gets messed up when there is power, when there is authoritarianism, and when politics get thrown in the mix. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Thank you so kindly for calling in and always being there. Our sister, Alistair Waters. You take care, my friend. Hey, you too. Bye, y'all. All right. Hey, Gene Daigle. Most people are smart enough, but there are many that can't tell the difference because they always try to make a false equivalence. And you're right about that, Gene Daigle. Also, Gene says, the people at the southern border are not Hamas. You're also right about that. Uh, my hypothetical had nothing to do with what's occurring at the border. I just was trying to say if Mexico did what they did. Uh, Gene also says those at the southern border are not terrorists or invaders. I agree with that as well. They're humane human beings. I agree with that. So we have no problem. No, no, no things. Uh, Peggy Lopez says teachers require training on how to teach lessons learned in higher education, how to reach all students, not just the ones are developed level school thinking the child should be. I agree. Uh, let's see. Daniel Edo says the Palestinians voted Hamas into power. Sorry, but they are not blameless. Well, we voted Trump into power. Sorry, we are not blameless either. I, you see how the, you see how those things work? Because I tell you, we didn't vote. Uh, we voted Trump into power. Yeah, we did. We we did. All right. Who else is going to give us a call at seven one three? I mean, right, the two eight one eight two three seven seven four seven. I'd love to get, you know, I would love for us to do half and half, right? Half calls, half play around in the chat, that sort of a stuff. So it would be nice if somebody gave us a call at 281-823-7747. I so love talking when you guys, when you guys come in and talk. And, and guess what, people? For those of you who are usually talking to me over the, um, over, I'll, I'll, I'll watch it, uh, uh, Rudnan. For those of you who, um, Normally go over. Hey, we got another call. I love it. I love it. All right. Come on in. Who am I speaking to or who do I have the honor of speaking to? That's Bridge MCP. Bridge MCP. How you doing? Beautiful. Good. Now I can hear you. Yes, you can hear me today. Is that great or what? Yesterday I had a little bug. I know. And you fixed it because you're good. Yes. Talk to me. I wanted to say that. Um. You know, when you talk about Hamas and something, you just said something about Israel. I mean, Palestinians voted them in. You have to remember, they have no choice. When someone else takes over your country or your land or your people and shoves you in a jail for how long? 60 years now more? Yes. You, you, have, you have no one else to fight about. You have no one else to fight for you. The government is bigger than the people. They have military weapons. They have helicopters, missiles, all that crap. So what do you do? You have to reach out to where you can get this stuff and fight back for your country, for your land, for your people. So that's what's happening there. So then they name them terrorists. 
because now they're terrorists because they're not an, an actual government. They're just people reacting. And then, and please let me remind everybody, I do not condone what just happened. But someone said in the chat it was unprovoked. It's been provoked for 60-something years. Yes. So when I related to my country, Northern Ireland is still part of Britain. We had our wars. We had our fights. But there's people throwing, you know, bottle rockets at submachine guns and tanks. So we don't have anybody else. So that's when in the 1920s or so the IRA was formed. And then it became two branches, a political and um, a non-political, a military type. And that's where we are now where they've solved most of it. But it seems that with Israel, it's never ending. And Hamas is doing what people would call terrorist things and what they just did maybe have been unprovoked. We don't know because of propaganda. Right. We don't know what really is going on. Right. So I think people should take this into consideration. It's not, I mean, a lot of people would say the Israeli government is terrorist. I mean, look at Netanyahu. How many times has he been put out and brought back in? He's well, I just, longer. I mean, all you have to do is look at 47. The British thought in 47, 48, that the Israeli, the folks who formed the Israeli government then in 48, they considered those guys terrorists. Menachem Begin and all these guys were considered oh, yeah. terrorists back in the day. You know, so I mean, uh, uh, our, our, the founders of America, when they went up against the Great, Great Britain, Great Britain would, call, would, would have considered them terrorists. You know, I mean, we have to be, we have to be fair minded and we have to be honest with the way we say things. Otherwise, we lose our credibility. And that is why. It, Absent all the guns and bombs that we have, our credibility would be non-existence in a lot of areas. You know, I mean, uh, when I talk about what occurred in, uh, in, in, in Israel, it really, it really touches a nerve on me because of what uh, the United States government did in Panama with killing all these people to get Manuel Antonio Noriega. And it, 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 it what I never understand is why people cannot see, uh, cannot understand that sort of a thing. You don't have the, I mean, it, 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 the, the way that the Israeli army works, somebody loves a bomb. Some terrorist loves a bomb from, uh, from this Gaza. They decimate buildings. So now what they've really done is they've created a lot of new people who no longer like them. I always ask the question, when the United States came to Panama and decimated Torrio and David and Colón, suppose all these people decided to put that hate back on America for killing innocent people to get Noriega. Ask yourself about the Palestinians. When a Palestinian terrorist does something, how many people ask the question, why am I going to pay for this right now, the Israelis are telling people, prepare for what we are going to do. You know, there's a funny part, not funny because it's sad. On uh, There was a thing on TV today on MSNBC where one of the ministers from Israel came on TV and Katie Turr was asking him. She said, uh, he said, we're, we're telling them where we're bombing. So if you are in the south, get, get out of that area and go south. And Katie Turr asked a simple question. Where do they go? You have them locked in at the sea. They can't go to the sea. They can't go over the borders in Israel. They can't get across the border in Egypt. 
They can't get across the border in any part of Israel in the in the in the Gaza Strip. Exactly. Where do they go? And he bloviated. She asked again, where do the you, you you're saying that you're telling people uh, we're going to bomb here. So move. Where do they move to? Where do they live? You're bombing where they live, where they eat, where they what do they do? I don't know. That's exactly it. I don't understand how they could. But that makes them feel good. That makes them feel great. Yeah. They warned them. They're telling them to leave. And right. they're like, well, we're not allowed to leave under normal circumstances. Right. We can't get it's- out of here without 50 checks and all these things. We can't go anywhere. So, I mean, it's, it's, that's, it's such crap what they say. Right. I can't, I can't even listen to the news about it anymore well, because everyone's well- always backing Israel. Well, you know what? What I think I, I I love what I'm seeing on TikTok and all these other platforms because look, the news media is is you like I like I I, I sent a note to Ali Velshi, uh, Il uh, uh Hadin and um, and uh, Mehdi Hassan recently, and I thanked them. And then I said, you know, they're doing the best they can. Welcome aboard, Melanie Keelan. They're doing the best they can from the mainstream media by trying to get as much truth as they can out of it. So I, I give them kudos for trying, but, but, uh, I'll, uh, I'll, uh, Reverend Al made a mistake two days ago on morning Joe, when he said to a, a, one of the Jewish leaders of a right-wing Jewish organization was on, on, on morning Joe. And he said, yeah, we all must, this Al, we all must condemn what Hamas did. And it's good that you went to the top brass in NBC and let uh, and have a good conversation. And I think you like what you heard. And I, at the, that point I backed up and said, what did he hear? He probably heard right. that Mohedin and Ali Velshi and these guys are not going to be allowed to be as open to the truth as they need to be because it's all on the take. It was amazing. But anyhow, it's anything else, talking. Alistair, you want to tell us? I'm not Alistair. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Bridge. Bridge. <laughs> Bridge MCP. Sorry about that. Oh, ask Alistair. But no, I just wanted to say that people should understand what's really going on on both sides. Absolutely. And that, you know, it's a lot of propaganda that people just don't listen to. Yeah. And while in- I'm talking to you and Dan- Daniel Doe is going on and on about me, you can tell Daniel Doe goodbye. thank you alistair you have a wonderful rest of your day we got to close out the program now i tell you what i really enjoy the program like i do in the mornings when i talk to people i enjoy talking to people here as well so people consider at least half of the show let's talk call in like uh like all these good people are thank you uh thank you bridge we'll talk to you manana I said bridge. I said bridge. I said bridge. I said it. All right. Have a good one, sis. All right. Hey, guys. That was great. Look, I want uh, call in sometimes. Guys, Gene, call in. Call in. Michael, everybody call in. Anyway, we had a good show. Um, there are some, before we go, though, I need to tell you, please go ahead and go to the blog for the show. I have it up soon after the show because the subjects that I have in the headline about the uh, Medicare Advantage. I will talk about it in detail tomorrow, but you can read it right now by just going to the blog for the show. Um, my name is... Oh, I need to ask. I need I need my ask. Where, what am I thinking about? 
I need to ask. I need to say, folks, please support the program by going to politicsunright.com slash support. Politicsunright.com slash support. You can also support the program by clicking that join button and becoming a part of the PDR Posse on YouTube. You can also subscribe to our newsletter. The newsletter go out at five every mornings with the subjects that we're going to cover on the six o'clock in the morning show at KPFT, as well as with some links to blogs, including the blogs that I'm telling you that covers the show. You can sign up there at politicsunright.com slash newsletter politicsandright.com slash newsletter. We cannot do this without you. As you, as we've shown you, the mainstream media is pretty much limited to what they can do for you. Please go ahead and subscribe to our newsletter, politicsdoneright.com slash newsletter. Anyway, folks, my name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And you guys know how I end this baby. How is it again? I am what? We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.